1: Welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This just of Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Valley Transportation. I got Parker Johnson back here talking about what's happening in the world of transportation. So, Parker, how you doing, bud? I'm
3: real good. How are you doing,
1: Casey? Doing good, man. There's been a, uh, you know, a few things going on. We're kind of getting into that time of year where things are kind of starting to pick up just a little bit. You get that pre-harvest vibe going on. You know, guys are looking around, kind of knowing what they've, kind of guessing what they're going to have, barring some big hailstorm coming through, type of thing. But for the most part. You know, things are kind of moving in that direction where we know things are going. So, um, you know, Parker, as you're taking a look out there, talk a little bit about what you're seeing move and and where are you getting it, where are you moving it to?
3: Yeah, so this past month, it seems like it's picked up quite a bit from, you know, the month prior when we were talking. But um, this last month, we got just hammered with tillage equipment out of North Dakota, out of the John Deere factories. Really? Okay, yeah. Also, my one customer had like 22 of these... You know, twenty seven, thirty chisel plows come available. I'm sure. And we had three or four other customers that had twenty or something come available. Yeah. All of us usually them things, you know, they're they're staggered. yeah they preload your trailers, you just leave your trailer in the yard, they let you know when it's full. Well that wasn't the case this time. They they had so many come available, they actually staged them all in piles out out front. They just send trucks in and they they load it. Uh the majority of those went to the Midwest, you know iowa minnesota south dakota uh, the majority of where those went anyway but um otherwise for me personally i got got a, got some customers on the east coast uh, a lot of combine has come out this past month out of the east Moline factory skip loaders as well i mean that uh that uh, that kept us busy for a while too yeah um but i mean stuff going to, the, going to the west, California, Arizona, for us, in particular anyway, has, has really slowed down. I mean, I used to have so many trucks out there I could, uh, you know, snag these other loads coming out of Arizona that I get, and I just haven't had any trucks out there, because we haven't had much for freight going that way. Yeah. But, you know, mainly Midwest, a lot of stuff out in Colorado. we got got, got a bunch of customers out in Colorado where we they ship a lot of equipment to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I mean, majority of the stuff that we see is kind of sticking around the Midwest.
1: Yeah. Okay. When you're looking at the uh, the the amount of stuff coming through, um, it, are you seeing mostly? Uh, is it a lot of combine movement, tractor movement? What what what? I know you talked about yeah. tills there a little bit, but is it more combines yeah, and the, tractors, or what is it? Yeah,
3: there's, the tractor movement. I mean, that's always going to be there. You know, the, mm-hmm. the new stuff out of the factories, we haven't particularly seen a lot lately. Um, I'm sure they're still moving some stuff, but um, combines not so much out of the factory, but we're getting a few people you know getting getting prepared for harvest, you know getting quotes and and uh, starting to line up some of that stuff which is which helps a lot you know uh, it's not a last second thing when the when harvest does come around but yeah uh, yeah, the combines you know continue to move tractors always move smaller tractors,
1: lower tractors, you know all that you know specialty things yeah, so we hit on this a little bit last time, but and we didn't really dive into it and I had a million questions after I went back and listened to the podcast and was that and everything so you, you kind of hit on a little bit we're talking about you know who knowing the person that's hauling your truck are you hauling your freight and what's that look like and how's that how's that play into um, your decision making process so as a heavy hauler, talk a little bit about some of the like what are the two or three or four questions that I should be asking someone when they call me on the phone that says, hey, you know, I, I want to haul your stuff, and you're, you go look up their their website, and all they have pictures of are just, you know, non-heavy equipment moving stuff. I mean, so yeah. talk a little bit about that.
3: <clears throat> yeah, so if, if you're calling carriers asking, asking for a freight quote, uh, you can kind of tell right off, the, right off the bat whether or not they know what they're talking about. You, know, you you call up and you say, hey, I got a John Deere 8R 370 or whatever. If they question that, that you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to them any longer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, right. yeah. you know, if they start asking you for dimensions, which, which I do too sometimes, but on, on a tractor, I mean, you know, they're pretty standard. You know, you right. take your duals off, you're 10 feet wide. Um, but uh, if, if they don't know what they're talking about, that's, that's red flag number one. Um, definitely ask what they carry for cargo insurance. You know the, the standard minimum is a hundred thousand dollars, which that doesn't cover anything anymore. Right. You know, I mean, skip loaders are over a hundred thousand dollars. Right.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Corn has, bean has, are over a hundred thousand dollars. Sure. Yeah. You know, you get into combines, you know, five, six, seven million dollars, whatever. If they that hundred thousand isn't going to go very far if that combine tips off their trailer and it's considered total. Right. And then another thing, just make sure ask them what they're going to be using for for trailers. You know, you obviously can't put a four wheel drive tractor or a combine on a step back trailer. Right. Make sure they got a detach with outriggers and stuff like that. And and if you got a if you got a combine that has tracks on it, you definitely want slide outs. You know, and there's not a lot of carriers that run because it adds so much weight to their trailer and it's a more expensive trailer to buy.
1: Right. So when you're looking at um, so. Let's, let's talk about the cargo insurance part for just a little bit. Um, what, what do you think the standard for a heavy hauler should be?
3: It should be a million dollars.
1: A million bucks? Yeah.
3: That's what we carry. You know, there's five million cargo insurance and I can't remember if it's five or six million dollars in liability and then there's a whole bunch of umbrellas off of that. Right. Um, you know, 500 should be the standard if you want to be, you know, hauling the big stuff. You know, if, if you're a hot shot carrier, 100 grand is fine because you know all you're getting is, you know, maybe a used skid loader, you know, something small. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 500 would be a good number to
1: have. Right. Okay. But so when you're when you're looking at um, like your trailers a little bit, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. To me, I've I've seen some guys come in with some stuff where they're trying trying to use outriggers that. I'm pretty sure they built at the the previous truck stop before they got to got to my yard, you know. And you start looking at some of the stuff, and you and you see how rickety it is, rickety it is, and those kind of things. And 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 those. If I'm asking that question, like tell me tell me a little bit about your your trailer, and, and you know, you got a detachment. Talk to me a little bit about your outrigger. What kind of questions are you going to ask about that?
3: Yeah, make sure that they got solid old you know uh, outrigger boards. You know, if you got slide outs, you don't need boards. You know, like, right piece of equipment can transition across that, no problem. But with the swing outs, if you don't have boards down, you know, they'll poke right through the tires, of your combine, your sprayer, whatever you're trying to put on there that requires the outriggers. Yeah. And we've had that on our brokerage side of it, you know, the, they'll send a carrier in that has you know, one by 12 pine, you know, boards and they, they'll tell us that, hey, yeah, I got some good boards. Well, once you start driving that sprayer across there and that board breaks, you know, sticks right
1: through that tire
3: That's an expensive cargo Yeah You know the price of tires anymore is, you
1: know, Yeah Tires are wicked expensive for what they are I mean round black and rubber And they're wicked expensive You know what I mean yeah. um, When you're looking at um, Kind of Damn I had a good question too Parker This was, this was going to change the way that people Live their life this question I was going to ask I totally forgot it I
3: probably had a good answer for it too <laughs>
1: That when you're looking at the uh, uh, the amount of um, equipment that you're moving, when you're looking at logistics as far as you know what, when I get there, I'm going to need to pull the tires off the combine or something like that, and you know, load it on the frame and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. How how are you going through? Like, what's the best way to have that communication with the? Because uh, there's a lot of times where I'll have the conversation with you or another dispatcher or something like that, and somewhere along the line it just gets lost in translation as to what what's expected when it gets when the truck shows up you know what I mean right. yep. so what questions should I be asking like hey you know cause I don't, it's just pretend like I don't, I don't know right. anything so, I mean, which, is, which right is true guy, <laughs> if you got
3: the right guy and you call me I'll, I'll tell you how it's going to work
1: right. yep. <laughs>
3: here's, here's how I want to do it you know this is the, you know, I've been doing it for a long time this is the way that works best um you know with combine we can haul it one or two ways we can remove all the tires off and get it as narrow as we possibly can or we can just remove the duals and you know run it a little bit wide and and uh if we need escorts you know that's how much you know i'll tell you up front what your escorts are going to cost at whatever dimensions we agree upon and um you know obviously the salesman at the dealership or whoever's selling the equipment should talk to the guy that they're selling it to and say hey be prepared that you know you might have to get your jacks out you might have to put tires back on final drives or whatever it might be um as long as everybody's in the in the loop deliveries go pretty seamless
1: yeah are you seeing more combines especially these bigger ones these big class 10 and 11 combines as they come out of the factories are you seeing more of those being loaded um on the frame out of the factory and then yeah, shift so that way
3: with, with john deere and i'm pretty sure case as well yeah you you pull in they. and they set it down, you have your blocks set out, they drop it on the frame, the, dual, the tires ship, you know, ahead of the combine itself. Yeah. So they're already at, the, at the, uh, the receiver wherever you're bringing that combine
1: to. Yeah. Are there more and more of those, more, I mean, just combines in general, are you starting to see more of that? Because it seems like about everyone we see come in is on the frame, it seems yeah. like.
3: All the, all the new ones will always be on the frame. Okay. And that, you know, when I'm hauling you stuff, it depends on which states we go through, depending on the regulations on, on how wide you can be before you get escorts. Sometimes it's worth just to leave the tires on and, and escort it compared to spending, you know, a day of shop time, um, you know, however much your, your tax get paid to remove all the, all the stuff off of there. Yeah. And just drive it on, bring it to the spot and drop it off.
1: So I, I know there's a million variables going to this next answer here. That I'm about to, for the question I'm about to ask you here, but what what what's an average escort look like? I mean, cost wise, is there is is that easy to say? Like you know, you could expect saying like five grand, or is it is that is it so wide that it's you're, you know, have to price it first? Well, when you
3: started as, answering that or asking that question, the only thing I could talk about was <laughs> I think was about uh, Tim the Dairy Farmer. <laughs> yeah. I
1: Know what answer he would give
3: him. Yeah. I was going to say, hopefully, tall and blonde, but, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, uh, cost wise, I mean, escorts are very expensive anymore. I mean, they used to run for a buck and a quarter, a buck fifty a mile down the road. Now they're anywhere from two and a quarter to two fifty a mile. Yeah. If, uh, if you have a long enough distance, you know, if they have to spend the night, you have to give them like a $250 overnight fee just to just to hang out for the night and be ready again for tomorrow morning. Yeah. And, and escorts, it gets, it gets hard. You know, you got to make sure, you know, if you load in the afternoon, you don't want to set up an escort for that afternoon. You want to you set it up for the morning because you're not going to get many miles out of them, the, you know, in the right. evening. Um, but they've gotten a lot more expensive. Like when they used to do just a short trip, say 100 miles across one state or something like that they'd have like a day rate of 250 bucks well now the day rate is like five or six hundred yeah just to hang out with you for for a hundred miles
1: yep are, are more and more states starting to require escorts than in, in no, the past
3: they 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 haven't changed i mean i've been here for 12 years and i got this little notebook you know that that shows you what what the width you can be before you need them and every state's mm-hmm. completely different and None of them really ever change. I remember one time Missouri a few years back went from twelve four wide to twelve six, so they gave us an extra, extra two inches that we Look could be oversized. Yeah. That and and that does help sometimes, you know. Sometimes you get sprayers that are just a little over twelve or twelve four wide or something like that. Um, but with construction season, you never know where you're going to get one. Right. You, you might might run into a ten wide restriction, and you have to get routed off the interstate. And you might have might have escorts for you know ten miles or something weird like that. Yeah. And the worst part is, a lot of times you don't know. I mean, it's hard to hard to determine or keep up where all the construction is. You know, throughout the year, you won't know until you order a permit. And all of a sudden, oh, I got to go back to the customer and tell them I need this five hundred dollar escort because I'm getting
1: routed off the interstate. Yeah. 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 So there's plenty of stuff to realize. So that's the point I'm making here. Asking these questions is that. These are all the questions that you should be asking somebody when they call you on the phone. I'm like you when someone calls me and says, hey, you know, we got got some combines moving. They're like, okay, what is that? And I'm like, you don't know what a combine is? You know? I mean, you you know, if you... uh, Because I always pick the most outlandish, not outlandish, but, I mean, one of the more common things that is going to require some... You know engineering type thinking to get it on your trailer and where to how to lock you know lock it down on the trailer get it all chained down and get it all secure and everything else it's not like hauling a tractor that are just you know it's like tractors like hauling a you know a semi truck or something like that you know it's just a bigger version of it where combines a little more complicated because you have a lot more you know you got grain augers and you've got you know different stuff that's you know sticking up and they're tall and all the stuff that comes into that so I ask those questions a lot, and I've seen those guys come in with the the one by twelve pine boards, yeah. and, they're, and they drive those things on there, and that board pops up and slams back down, and, yeah. and you know it, it broke about ten feet onto the trailer, and, and they're like, "Well, what do we do now? We need to get a get your wheel loader out here and let's pick it up." And I'm like, "No, we are not doing that." So, We're calling the insurance company right now. yes, if you don't notice the tires are flat, so you've yeah, got a bigger problem. You know. Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's so, a lot yeah. of stuff that goes into, into moving all these all these yeah. bigger things, and, you know, with our heavy haul department, I don't deal a whole lot with them. I mean, we're hauling, you know, 125,000-pound cranes, wheel loaders, sure. excavators, stuff like that. I mean, a lot of stuff goes into that and how you get it tore down so, you, you know, you can take as much weight off as you possibly can, and then, you know, how many, how many loads you need to haul all the extra stuff.
1: Yeah. I've seen... I've seen one D11 come in on a truck and it came in on, like, three or four different trucks. I can't remember what it was. I mean, the blade was on one, the cab was on one, and and I think the Ripper was on another or something like that. And it right. was... The was,
3: was probably off.
1: Yeah, it was... But it was also the size of a small apartment building. So, I mean, it was, you know, it's... it's <laughs> yeah, they're, like, they're,
3: like, 18 feet tall. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, 18 feet wide.
1: Yeah, you can you can freebase jump off the top of that thing and yeah. still use your parachute, so. But it was, uh, it's, um, it's impressive how, how much it is. But then it goes back to knowing the right person to, to latch that down and, and get it secure across the way. Because it's not just that that you're worried about, it falling off the trailer. It's falling off the trailer and killing somebody, too. I mean, that's the other yeah, thing, yeah. too.
3: Hit, hitting a car or, you know, yeah. swerving in traffic, or whatever it might be. It, it gets dangerous when you're hauling stuff that big, you know. You've got to have the right, right guy doing
1: it. Yeah. We've all seen the pictures of the excavator. Um, stuck the through bridge. the top of a bridge you know i mean we've all everyone's seen that those pictures you know not that's well, not the machine that you want to have happen to do that and then oh. as a as a trucking company i mean the liability that you have now you got to fix the bridge you're not just it's not just the machine you got you got to fix the bridge too and that's that's a whole that's a whole nother thing you know
3: and the majority of the times that that ever happens a truck driver here i mean they leave the stick up in the air sure and, yeah you know, they don't have it curled around underneath all the way and yeah and uh I've I've seen it happen where people load two backhoes on a trailer and they don't think they have enough room, so they leave the booms in the air. Bad deal. Yeah. You know, same deal yep. that Stick sticking up in the air and yep. they clip that bridge, it's an expensive day.
1: Yeah. So little things like that, that that really add up to something major because yep. most of the time, especially if it's a used piece, who's ever buying that piece from you is ready to use it. And now you have a customer that's mad. And you now have to jump through all the hoops to go find a different one and right. trust me when that cascade of things go wrong it's just it's it's a damn free-for-all for the rest of the time because nothing else goes right either so it's just right. it's one yeah. thing after another
3: your insurance company takes forever to, to, oh, to put the money out and yep. that guy's on a tractor for a lot longer than you think
1: yeah so it's a whole thing whole thing yep. all right let's talk a little bit about ups ups is in the news here They're they're, they're mad as hell, not going to take it anymore, and they're going to go on strike, sounds like, and that's going to that's gonna leave a uh, giant hole in the world of freight, not necessarily heavy freight, but, I mean, just freight in general. Um, yeah. As you look at buying stuff from Amazon and everywhere, I mean, everything else is bought online, so all that stuff gets shipped around the way it does. Looking at that, are you guys uh, looking at any opportunities that, that could be, uh, you know, on your van side or something like that, that could be popping up your way?
3: yeah you know i I haven't really talked about it with uh with our dispatcher that does their van stuff i mean i don't know how you'd even get in on something like that but yeah i think there's going to be an opportunity for somebody out there because i think i read ups carries i think it was like a quarter of everything right like yeah it's a big number ups fedex all them other parcel carriers yeah i think they have like a quarter of it and you know everybody expects that one to two day delivery yeah it could
1: uh, it could really slow up yeah yeah i could throw a big wrench and stuff i mean amazon prime's two-day guarantee is more like a five-day guarantee after pre post-covid so it's going to be like two weeks probably yep. or longer if yep. something like that does happen so
3: yeah yeah prior to COVID, there was like one day delivery on some stuff
1: oh yeah yeah And you start looking at companies like like FedEx and DHL and all those different places that are out there like that, the amount of ramp up time that they have, because they can't go make that investment now on a a whim, you know, that that they might do this, you know, so they're going to be, it's going to be completely reactionary to what they're going to be able to do and and you you won't be able to ramp up your logistics fast enough and for long enough because as soon as they come back online, then you're going to go right back to the way it was, you know.
3: You're not going to find enough enough people to, sure. <laughs> to help. Yeah,
1: it's going to be a whole thing all the way up there. There's through.
3: already a shortage of shortage of workers, and yeah, you're not going to find a bunch of people that just willy nilly don't yeah.
1: work for you. Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough a tough run there for for a while, and if that does happen, so hope that doesn't happen. Hope they get things worked out and get things back in. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you know we've seen it on the manufacturing side, on the ag side with with. Uh, you know the John Deere strike and, and cases strike and those kind of things and what we've seen there. So it's been a we see what the outcomes of that look like and it's it's never any good. So knock on wood they can get the stuff worked the out.
3: After the John Deere went on strike and then all the factories were oh if there was a, just a backlog of freight by the time yeah oh they had all their like office people working <laughs> working oh, yeah. on the factory floor and things were getting messed up and and uh, yeah that was a tricky deal.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, those manufacturers, all of them, just have, have had just issues with that. So yeah. it'll work its He's way out. It it is. Them,
3: get them paid so it doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, cause any problems. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly right. So All right, Parker, good stuff, man. Uh, probably a good place to stop. If folks want to reach out to you and get more information or book some freight, what's the best way to do that?
3: Yeah, give me a call at 800-657-4910 or shoot me an email at pjohnson at valleytransinc.com.
1: Right on. Well, Parker, I look forward to seeing you guys in Nashville coming up here uh, not too long, uh, about yeah, a month. Right. Yeah,
3: I'm excited. Yeah, hope it's not too hot. I mean, the way the country's been, it's hot and, hot and dry everywhere. Yeah,
1: I hope. I hope. And it's, living out here where I live, there's no humidity, well, there's not as much humidity. So when you go to places like that, it's like uh, so you walk outside and thumb it throws a hot bucket of water on you as you're walking out the door. So it's it's good times, but. Nonetheless, I've never had a bad time in Nashville, and I've tried as hard as I can to have a bad time, yeah. and this I can't I've, do that. I've
3: never. I, well, if I did have a bad time, I wouldn't remember it anyway.
1: <laughs> bad times in the morning, right? That's when. That's, that's when the bad times come around, right?
3: No, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> right on, man. Well, appreciate you being the podcast. We'll talk to you again next month.
3: All
1: right, sounds good. Thanks a lot, Casey. right on, man. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Go to the YouTube channel. See the video version of this over at the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. And go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron-related. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Parker Johnson. Let's go do some iron folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment.